First Peter 1 says it like this, verse 7. You can be seated and just stay in an attitude of worship. Verse 6 says, for a little while, say a little while. If necessary, say a little while. You have been distressed by various trials. Say a little while. your eyes so Lord this is just going to be for a little while it's just going to be for a little while it's just a little while it's just a moment in time this trial this test this fire fiery thing it's just for a little while so I'm not thinking it a strange thing Peter comes to exhort us through the word of God exhort the church that are in some trials and situations and there's been some here, and there's been some last week that talked to me, and they're in that place of the trying of their faith. And he tries to remind us and say, it's just for a little while, saints. You tell yourself it's just for a little while. A little while of things distressed. A little while for the proving of my faith, which is more precious than gold. Even though tested by fire, say tested by fire, that it might result in the praise. Say a praise. Yeah, it's like taking a test in school. You get an A, you get a praise. And then a glory comes on you, the next level. And then an honor from people comes on you, that next level. At the revelation or the unveiling of Jesus Christ in that next level of our lives. Amen? Say the trying of my faith. Proving of my faith. It's just like gold. And it goes through the process of gold. That I have a faith unfeigned. That I got a real faith. That's what this is for. Say it's to prove to you. Not to prove to God. He knows what's in our hearts. It's to prove to us what's in our hearts. That we might have a pure faith, unfeigned, a real faith. Transform faith. Tom, put up Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians for me. Chapter Second Thessalonians, chapter one, verse three. You could be seated, and but you cannot. <laughs> you cannot be seated. You know you are seated, but you can't stop playing. read it together we ought and indeed are obligated to give thanks always to God for you I give thanks always to God for you I give thanks to God always for you as it is fitting because your faith is growing your faith is growing exceedingly and the love of every one of you each toward one another I'm thanking God will you thank God for your neighbors those around you thank God I'm thanking God as a leader I thank God for you as it is fitting, it's fitting. Because your faith is growing. It's growing exceedingly. And I'm thanking God for that. Growing faith. Say growing faith. Growing faith. We talked last week out of Hebrews chapter 6. Now therefore leaving the elementary. Say elementary. The elementary, the teachings, the babyhood. 
in God of, of these doctrines. Say, I'm leaving. I'm growing. My faith has got to grow. It's got to exceedingly grow. It's a maturing faith. I left Hebrews chapter 6. Say, I'm leaving that. If you're brand new, you stay in that and you drink the milk of that. You get the milk of the word in that. And God's given equipping people to give you milk. There's pastors in here. There's teachers that get you skilled in the word. There's prophets that bring refining. But you're growing. Say, I'm growing. With God, there's no stagnancy. There's always growing. And we're leaving some things. Say, I'm leaving. I'm leaving babyhood. I'm leaving elementary. Unless you belong there right now, stay there until. But you're not going to stay there long. It's a growing faith. Say, growing. It's exceedingly growing. He said, now therefore, Hebrews chapter 6, I'll just talk it to you. You can go to your Bibles if you want. But he said, I'm leaving the elementary principles. Leaving those things. That are repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Doctrines of baptisms. Eternal judgments. In your heart, some of you guys change your concept about judgment. Say, I've been judged. Jesus was judged for me. Eternally. He's eternally judged for me. I'm not standing before a throne that people that don't know him are. That's a different judgment. Amen? He was judged for us. He bore it for us. He took it for us so we don't bear it. So we stand before the throne of grace. Say grace. grace. Not the throne of judgment. Yes. We stand before grace. He's the judge of all the earth. And to us, we go for mercy to obtain it. Grace and mercy come from that throne. The lamb and redemption and blood come to us from that throne. Amen? Not judgment. Say not judgment. Say thank you, Jesus, that you were judged for me. And I'm leaving that thing behind too. That I'm not earning anything. Dead works. Leaving dead works. That I'm trying to earn anything. I couldn't. You can't. It's a receiving. And now I'm going on. Say I'm going on. Say it's elementary faith. It's faith 101. Which he says is faith toward God. Say it's toward God. And when you're brand new, you got a saving faith. You receive Jesus by calling on the name of the Lord. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved, sozo, delivered, fully, say fully. So we called on him like he was way out there. But then Jesus came and there's a shift, say a shift in our faith, a growing faith, exceedingly growing. It's a Mark 11, chapter 22 faith. That he doesn't say just have faith toward God anymore to us. And if you were here last week, he said have the faith of God right now. Say I'm not here anymore calling God to come down. I'm not asking him, come down and do something. For the word of faith which we preach, Romans 10 says, is near you. The word of faith which we preach, it's as close as your mouth and your heart. For whosoever shall confess, say, and believe, there will be a resulting in. Say, Christ is not just in heaven. Tell your neighbor, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The apostles' revelation says that, there's a spirit in you, not out there, a spirit of God in you. And John the Apostle said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Apostle John said, you have an anointing that abides in you. Paul said, you have a treasure, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So say not, Paul saying, come down, do something, God. He's saying, I'm there right now, and I'm administrating and fueling you to do something what I gave you. Have the faith of God. 
have the God kind of faith. And whosoever shall say, and will not doubt, but will believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. You remember that? Say, I have the God kind of faith. I have the faith of God. I've been born again. He's not just way up there. He's right in here. Amen? The apostles' revelation. Elementary principles. People get hung up in doctrine and forget Christ. Doctrine just keeps us on the path, Hebrew says. Doctrine keeps us on the path from having weak knees and being feeble and out of joint and sorts. Doctrine keeps us on a path, but it's not God. Say life. Jesus is life. He lives in me. And there's a supply of the Spirit every moment in me, through me, in Christ. Amen? Say have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. And Jesus said if you want to overturn things in your life, mindsets. You're going to have to use your will. Say your will. And join it to your faith. The will and faith make you stand. You choose to believe when everything looks horrible. You choose to say and not doubt. He said that. You got the ability. He said, I gave it to you. I gave the ability to you to not doubt. Uh, Some of us go, you're crazy. No. He said, choose not to. Whosoever will, say will. Choose not to doubt. And whosoever will, choose to believe. God gives you that spirit of faith, amen? But he wants you to aid it with his will. Your will and agreeing to his will. More than rebelling against God. Joining the forces of God. The will is a great mate for faith. Tell your neighbor. The will, my will, is a great mate for the faith of God. I will not doubt because I don't have to. And I will believe because I can and I want to. I choose to believe what he said. When I feel nothing, that's faith. Amen? Say, the Lord preserve me holy. That's Paul. That's the word from Paul. Spirit. Say spirit. Soul and body. And many go through things in here. They're saved in their spirit with God. But their soul... Their will gets sanctified. Their emotions begin to get sanctified. Their mind gets renewed. So they can be a a whole man. Say a whole man. He came to save us to make us whole. Say make us whole. Make us whole. Make us one. Not dualistic in nature. Not one day, hey, he's great. The next day, no, he's not. Not dualistic. One with God. Father, make them one. That's more than just a prayer for the church. He said, as me and you are one. Say, I want to be a man that's one with God. Not tossed all over the place. Not one day he's great and the next day I'm sad. Father, tell him, Father, make us one. Yeah, that's the church, right? But make me one. Get me out of this dualistic. Get me out of this wretched man that Paul said we go through, even after saved. Oh, wretched man, I got to get out of this dualistic, this doubtings and unbeliefs. And God will sanctify that. Stay single-minded, right? the best feeling to be whole if you really want to be whole thanks be to god that's what paul said i was wretched confused double-minded but thanks be to god through jesus christ i'm one because i'm in christ because i i'm in his spirit 
Because I have his inner witness. Say inner witness. And because I cry and grow in that witness to cry as a son of God in sonship. Abba, Father. And I grow in that thing. And I groan with God, Paul said. I groan with the Spirit of God and make intercession with him. Because we're co-laboring within. Amen? That's your growth in the Spirit of life. The law of the Spirit of life grows. And I groan with God. So that then all things might work together for the good. To those who are called. Say, I'm called. Those who are predestined. Don't you get it? That's how it works. Your birth, that spirit, you grow in spirit. You grow and know the witness. I'm a child of God. But you grow in prayer and sonship with God. And then you're praying and joining His will for the all things to work together for the good. They're not working for the good for you if you just think it's happening. It's co-laboring with God in prayer, in the spirit of life. Then all things work together. Then we shift to the more than conqueror. That's the gospel that Paul's proclaiming. Say, Lord, I'm growing up. First say this, Lord, you're in me. Christ, you're in me. I'm not looking no farther than my heart and my mouth to express your will, your life, your presence, your power. And Jesus said, I got the faith of God. And Paul said, every one of you have the measure of faith. I don't just have saving faith that came by hearing one day. Now faith comes by hearing. One day someone told you about Jesus and you heard it and you got a faith to believe. It got in you. But now that faith remains and it's got to grow. Say it's growing faith. Say I've had faith toward God. Say, huh? Uh, Now I'm, I'm working in the faith of God. I'm saying some things. I'm agreeing with God, right? And some of us have been in the proving of our faith right now. A testing. Say a testing. Peter says various trials. And he tries to encourage the church in, in Rome, I think it is. I'm not quite sure. Maybe Jimmy knows as, as teachers know. Might be Rome. Might be Asia Minor. I don't know where it's at. I have to look at it. But he's encouraging that church, the church there. And he said, this is going to happen in your Christian walk. This really takes place. Say it really takes place. It's a real God. A real gospel. Real encounters. Real experiences. I get so frustrated with the pretentious things of religion. And you know Jesus does too. Because when he cursed that tree, he said, it's all leaves and no fruit. And he said, I got something on my mind. I'm going to that religious institution that's all leaves, all show, tall hat, and no cowboy. We're in Texas. I, I, I never would have said that in California. Woohoo! Tall hat, no cowboy. He's saying it's all leaf, no fruit. Check your own life, right? That's what the proving of the faith is. I know a lot of people that believe they're legends in their own minds until a trial comes. Then they're, they're calling you up and saying, I think I'm about to lose my mind. Say, it's the trying of your faith. It's precious. Say, I wouldn't want it any other way. Oh, some of you are scared to say that. <laughs> because religion will tell you this. Hey, just pray this prayer. I did. You pray it. And look at your feet. And they are new. And look at your shoes. And they are too. And you'll just walk around with cotton candy. And one day I just said, God, do this. And I was all done with that. Might happen to a few, but I told a young man, in my experience with the Word of God and God, He works in you to work things out of you. And some of that just does not come overnight. And don't let people hoodwink you with that thought. And, and what, what used to bother me a lot is I, I deal in California and counsel people that were having addictions. I'm talking addictions. And then you have another little religious person next to him say, 
Well, I prayed this prayer, and that doesn't bother me. I, I don't have that problem. God, I'm just, I don't have that. No, they quit it, but this guy needs to be delivered of it. You see, and it's just not fair. It's just not fair in God, and it's not fair to that guy. Because we all come into Christ, but we all got strongholds. So if I just quit something and, and, uh, and, and put that on this guy, I just quit it because it wasn't a problem for me. But it is a stronghold in his life. How does God work? He works in him to work it out of him. And it doesn't come overnight. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. That's real Christianity. We've got to quit telling people about this cotton candy thing. And you're going to walk in a bed of roses. No, you're going to walk in faith. And yeah, you're going to walk in water. And all that stuff's exciting. But you're going to face trials. And there's going to be open doors. But not without many adversaries in them. Or in the way. And I was telling a young man the other day. In Exodus, he said, I gave you the land. But he said, I'm not going to drive out those enemies all at once. Not at once. I'm going to drive them out one at a time with you. Me and you working together. So don't get frustrated when you're facing that thing and some religious person comes by to you and says, I did this and, and never again, maybe a few, very few, thanks be to God for that grace, right? But most, they just quit it. But you in some areas and I, we've got to be delivered of it. And that, that means daily God's working in us. Daily he's working his word in us. He says it like this in Philippians 2.13. For it's God all the while at work. Say he's at work. The Father's at work. He's not sleeping. He's at work in you. Creating both the will. Say the will. And the to-do of his good pleasure. He's working it in me to work it out of me. He works it in you in ways like Proverbs. By the blueness of wounds, it says, he purges our hearts. And when you, you are getting delivered of that thing and, and you, you're, you're in that struggle and you're in that fire and you touch that thing, correction comes to your heart. A blueness of wounds. Maybe even a disappointment. What was I doing, God? I'll never do that again. Good. That's your beginning of your deliverance. Paul said, I wrote you a letter. I want to make you sorry. And I'm glad that it makes you sorry. I hope it makes you so sorry that it leads you to a true repentance. That you'll never have to repent again. Amen? That's deliverance in God. That's how it works. And if you've been around long, I've been around 32 years. And you've seen some things and you've seen some people and you know your life. And you know that's how it works. So you strengthen those that are around you. And you bring that faith that you have that's been tried by fire. Because you went through it. Say, I went through it. I didn't walk away from it. I'm going through it. That's what you do with the trial. If you want change and transformation, you go through it. You might buckle, but you're getting back up. You might be confused and perplexed, but you're not quitting. The transformation begins. And then you become that more than. Say more than. More than. Say I'm more than. I got more than that. I'm more than a conqueror. That's a pretty big deal. I got more than that. But look for the process. Amen. The proving of faith. Say, I'm not a tall hat with a small cowboy. Say that. I don't just have big showy leaves with no fruit. Say, I'm bearing fruit. And it takes some time. Fruit takes time. In the proving of our faith. Say, proving of our faith. And Peter's encouraging the church. Did you figure out where it was? Rome, I think. It probably was Rome. 
First Peter. I don't want to just teach right now, right? Okay. I want to, I want to charge you because there's a charge in the house. There's a charge to this next generation. And I, I'm so, I, I spend time here praying. The, the leaders here praying. I pray, you pray at home and you're crying out for this next generation. Man, I'm groaning. Man, I'm groaning because God's groaning for this next generation. Man, I'm weeping. I'm weeping for this next generation. That they don't miss the hour of their visitation. There's a visitation in God to every generation. And we're groaning for it. Groaning for it. In that hour of visitation. Visitation in that, in the Greek means episcopus. It means the day of your oversight. Say oversight. Episcopus. Don't miss the day of your oversight. And I'm crying out and I'm praying out for the next generation. I'll tell you right now, and I can say boldly without arrogance, but humility in God. I have not wasted not one year out of 15 here on my visitation. I gave myself wholeheartedly, never came out of that, stayed with it. To God be the glory. Don't you waste your hour of visitation. Don't you waste that day of episcopus when God's close and granting you oversight to your insights. Some people think they're so great. And Jesus said to Peter, you're going to deny me. My oversight is telling you about your wrong insight. Say, I need that oversight. I'm talking direct with Jesus, head of the church, right? But through people as well. Will you say that with me? Say, God, I will not miss my hour of visitation, my hour of your oversight. Epi, Scopus, you're scoping and telling me who I really am and where I really am at. I'm not missing it. I'm not getting distracted. Say, I won't be distracted. I'll stay focused. The hour of visitation for the next generation. Amen? Yeah, you didn't come to a religion. You came to Jesus. You didn't come to some Babylonian institution. You came to Zion. You came to Jesus. You came to the city of the living God. The one who lives in you and won't leave you alone until he transforms you. And you're going to work with him. And you're going to bow your knee to him. And you're going to allow him to progress in your life. Amen? He's called you. Say, he's called me. He's elected and selected me. I've got a pre-ordained call. i got a pre-happening in God. I'm not going to find it in religion. I'm finding it in Christ. I'm not a big leaf. Say, I'm not a showy leaf. I'm bearing fruit. My Father's glorified. I understand the ways of God. And I enter into this thing. And I'm not listening to the religious thing. I'm not listening to the voice of many. I'm listening to the voice of one. You got to do that, man. You got to knuckle down, lock up. You got to get single minded. Is not life more than this, Jesus said? Is not life more than this? I'm telling you, it is. It's not easy all the time, but it's real. Say, He's the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of realization. Say, God, I need some realizations. I just need to wake up sometimes in my life. Awake, 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 oh, you slumber, oh, you that sleep. Ephesians says, five. Say, God, wake me up. Most of you here are awake or you wouldn't be here. (laughs) So whatever you're getting out of this, go tell your neighbor. Go tell your friend. Go tell this city. Go tell this community that's in a great slumber. That most are status quo in this community to attend a church and pay their homage and their religious dues. But that's it. Just enough to appease their conscience. 
But that's not you. Tell your neighbor, that's not you. You were born again in his kingdom for such a time as this. And they that know their God, Daniel said, will be strong and they'll do exploits. All creation's groaning. Say groaning. For the manifestation of God's reality out of me. Tell your neighbor, out of me. And then tell him, out of you. Amen? So elementary faith, Hebrews chapter 6. Say, I'm going on. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. Say, I'm using it, Lord, all day long. I'm using it all day long. I'm using it. And you're proving my faith right now. And it's going to be as pure as gold. And I've learned this in my years. And like I told you last week, when you're a new Christian, John 6, when you're in a storm, you hardly know anything. And Jesus comes out to your boat walking on water. And, and instantly you're all right. You didn't do anything. You don't even know how you got there. You're like, how did I get to shore? But all I know is I feel happy now. That's a new believer. I'm happy now. I just I was in that boat and Satan was causing things to happen and storms and things to slam and I was afraid and I didn't have any faith anyway. But Jesus came, thank God, he showed me and he got me and instantly we were back out of this thing. I don't know how it happened, but I'm glad. Say new believer's faith. I'm I'm glad for you that you get back to shore real quick, but he ain't gonna leave you like that. Because in Mark four he said, Okay, I'm in the boat with you this time, but this time I'm telling you, we're going to the other side, and I want you to use some of the faith that I gave you. So you're going to go to the other side. And, and then they get mad. They, they freak out. They say he's sleeping, and he rebukes them and says, why didn't, you, why didn't you say something to this thing? I told you you could. Right? Say you're growing in faith, right? You're progressing in faith. It's a proving of faith. And then you get older. And, and you know, and there's not, listen, and I love this. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 19. He said, Old men will dream dreams. Young men will have vision. It's time in this house for the old men to join the young men. Young men to join the old men. You know how many people have told me uh, in their hour of visitation? I'm not going to say a ton. I'm going to say some. So forget the numbers. Some came to me and said, hey, listen, I need, this is their words. I need an Elijah because I think uh, uh, I'm an Elijah. And can you train me? Yeah. Start Bible studies for them. They show up once. They miss the hour of their visitation. Huh? So other ones tell me, uh, same voice, I'm quoting them. Hey, I got to be, you got that thing and I got to be with you. I know I'm supposed to. And I'm going to do that. They're not here. But some, say some, say such as you. You're here. Yeah, Caleb said something to me I haven't heard in a long time. And I'm glad for it. I'm, I'm sad for most, but I'm glad. I told Jimmy and Arthur, listen to that. Be happy. <laughs> These guys, they pray Saturday nights. The elders usually pray. And, I, and thank God, Jeanette, man, coming strong, Jack. That's where I'm thankful for some faith. Already activated. You know, gets in the game. Got trials going on, but learning the ways of God and coming and praying and learning. Amen. She's going to grow. She's not wasting her hour of visitation. She's meeting Christ in it. She had to say, I, I think this. And he said, no, this is my oversight to you. Oh, thank you. I was about to make a wrong decision. Thank you, God. Yeah. That rejoiced her heart. Caleb says, uh, uh, I said, where's Caleb? She had to go out of town. I, I was supposed to go with her, but I didn't want to miss. I was like, Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you. <laughs> I was like, wow. What about the rest of those big, ugly dummies? <laughs> huh? What about the rest of them? <laughs> I want to tell him that. That's my red fox. Yeah, you big ugly dummy. 
<laughs> but it gets your heart. So I had to be sure to tell Jimmy. Be sure to tell Arthur. Did you hear what he said? We're taking up every little scrap, man. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. Eat it. Will you eat it for the day? It's tasty. You know what I mean? It's a nice sound. It's a sound of a generation that's not missing their visitation. That's what Jesus said when he said that next level of faith. Say the next level of faith was Luke chapter 18. That's the next level of faith. Say, I've had elementary faith. Say, I've had it. I'm learning the faith of God. Jesus gave it to me. My faith is being proven to myself, and I'm going to pass these tests. I'm getting an A, so I'll get a praise from God, a glory, another level of glory from God, and another level of honor from God. And then Luke 18 comes into play, just when you thought you were done. <laughs> and you start, I told a friend of mine, Bruce Lake, yesterday, he goes, man, I like that Luke 18. I said, Luke 18 to me, and I wish I had a scripture, it's called bearded faith. Say bearded faith. It's a mature faith. Luke 18 is a faith that you're not doing it just for you to get out of pressure. It's your reasonable service unto God. Luke 18 is your duty. Yes, sir. That's your duty in Luke 18. That's a man kind of faith. We always say when we're young, have, have childlike faith. But most people hang on to childlike and become childish. Childlike is just being simply innocent. Yeah, I trust you, God. Say, tell your neighbor, I, I think I'm beyond that. I think by now I'm beyond just, I trust you. I think by now he's making me a warrior. I think by now he's making me his soldier. I think by now he's making me that farmer that plows, Paul said. I think by now I'm supposed to speak some things, and it's my reasonable service, and it's my duty as a man of God. Say, it's my duty. I would that men, Jesus said, Luke 18, 1, put it up there for me. I would that men always, say men. Men. See, this is man-like faith. This is bearded faith. It's my duty in faith. I would that men ought to. I would that they would pray always. Say always. After this day, if I don't see people come Saturday night and praying, I'm coming hunting you. Yeah. Maybe you'll meet Jesus if you don't believe him now. <laughs> if we keep pouring out and these guys keep grinding it out, wives keep praying it out, groaning, and you're not here showing... Woe be to you. Oh, I know. He stepped on my toes. I'm not coming because he offended me. Too bad. This is how you enter the kingdom. It is too bad. You try to make it nice and easy for people, and they think they're going to kumbaya their way to God. It don't happen. It happens by must, arduous stuff. And God calls you from this elementary faith to the faith of God to a proving faith. And when you're young, you get out right away. But when you're older on certain areas... For the consummation of certain things, you can't get out for a long time. Say a long time. It gets really narrow on that next level. It's easy. Abraham believed and he received the seed, right? But it was a little more difficult for Abraham to enter the land in inheritance. He had to have a cut, a blood covenant. He had to have circumcision. Something was harder for him to enter the land of inheritance than it was to simply believe that he's justified. If it's for Abraham, the father of our faith, guess who it's for? Tell your neighbor, it's for you too. Yeah, you're justified. It's as easy as you saying, Jesus, save me. But, buddy, you want to enter the inheritance in the land of God? There's a covenant that needs to be cut. There's some flesh that gets cut. There's some fires that you endure. And you get like Joseph in your life. Maybe Joseph, day one, and he had the vision and a dream of God. Joseph did. Got thrown in a hole by his brothers. I don't know what the days were. He probably got out in one or two days, didn't he? 
He didn't, didn't die in there. They got him fast. They got Joseph in, in, in his beginning of the dream. They took him right out of that pit really quick. Say quick when I'm brand new. Then he went to Potiphar's house. <laughs> and every time he's doing the will of God, every time he's in that fire, say fire. Satan will see to it. I don't care if you're living all out for God. He brings an opponent to your life. He brings an adversary. That happens. I'm talking about the people in here that are living this thing full on, full out, all their hearts, sold out, laid their life down, doorknob dead, waiting and believing for that resurrection. That's who I'm talking to. Say, if it's not me, say, it's going to be me because that's where I'm going. I tell some of these young guys this thing about this, and I know they don't understand me. I know they look at me, but I'm going to keep telling them, and I told Bruce, because we all learn that way. It's a foreign language. Jesus said, I'm with you, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm with you, but you're not going to get it till his spirit is in you in that level. So tell them. Let them know that there's a way of God. Let them know these ways that you're living and you're experiencing, because they're going to go there one day. I did. How many men came to my life and told me, there's a cross that you're going to bear? I don't know what they're talking about. I said, there's a cross that I've received. And they said, no, there's a cross you're going to bear. And they're crying and telling me that. I don't understand you. And then one day, when they weren't there, the spirit of that came back alive in me. And I go, oh, you're right. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this kind of sucks too. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jimmy, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is very, un- <laughs> let me get my pipe, tell you, this is very unpleasant, old chap, <laughs> it's a very difficult time, <laughs> wait till he gets back from France, Woof. I'm in trouble then, <laughs> and it comes, and, and Jesus said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be with you here on this, so tell people, I'm going to tell them all, because it's real. He's the spirit of truth. Say the spirit of truth. And when the Holy Spirit comes, the spirit of truth, the spirit of realization. He's in you when you're born again. But the realization of some things just don't happen. But one day they do. And I tell these guys, man, sometimes the the length of these fires are a little bit longer. If somebody could tell me where Psalms 105 says that the very bars that uh, Joseph was in this fire. Fire for so long that the bars themselves begin to get into his soul. That environment of hotness of of Satan, the opponent, and God's hand at the same time was so hot. That fire of trial was so difficult and so hot for so long. Say so long. And, you know, I know nobody wants to hear that, but it happens. But you got to know that nobody wants to come out of it. That's why I was happy the other week. I was saying when I heard uh, Arthur praying right here, I got happy because he said these words like, you know what, basically I'm in a difficult situation but basically, I'm, I'm glad the place that I'm in, I'm glad that I'm learning in this place. I'm not going to waste my trial. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to have an unfaith, unfeigned faith. I'm going to have a faith that does something. I'm going to have a faith like gold when I come out of this. He said, did I say all that? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> you did, right? <laughs> yes, you did. What did I tell you? Oh, Psalms. Oh, thank you. And it says, it says, it's talking about Jesus, and it says his feet, they hurt with fetters. He was laid in chains of iron, and his soul entered into the iron. Say, that's hot. Next verse. Until his word to his cruel brothers came true, until the word came true, until the word of the Lord tried, say tried, and tested him. 
Say it's a trying word to ourselves that we're not coming out of the fire. The fact of the matter is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got a little bit comfortable in the fire after a while. At first it's hot and you hate it. But then in it you start seeing how close Jesus is, that fourth man in it. And you start learning some things that are more precious, say more precious, than gold. Peter is exhorting the church and he uses these adjectives. Precious gold, precious word, precious seed, precious this, five times. Precious faith, Anna said. Because he, where, did he get those, where did he get that language? Where did he get that way to speak, do you think? He got it in the fire. We were, when we were young men, I remember being around old guys, and we would come to a table, and, and, and uh, some of the young guys, some guys were just inherently mouthy. Say inherently mouthy. You ever been around those guys? And they began to say things, and, and the, two, the two or three big leaders that were kind of seasoned guys would turn and go, he had not been to the fire. That's what they would say. And I was, I was like, wow, this sounds scary because <laughs> I, I haven't been through it. I don't know what you're saying. But you will. Say you will. If you stay with him, you will because you're not going to get that next level of reigning in your life until you're in that fire with God. Don't you know when you're at that place, when God's working the fire, you're in that fire, uh, like Joseph, it, it, all of a sudden like it gets so long and it seems real long. And Joseph's last thing, he, he went to Potiphar's house and the opponent was there and, and he, he came through a woman of seduction, a Jezebel spirit, say a Jezebel spirit. You've got to wake up. There's Jezebel spirits in this age right now. When you turn on your TV and it tries to seduce you and make you a piece of bread, turn it off. Say, that's Jezebel. Say, God, sanctify me in that. I made a covenant, Job said, with my eyes. I'm not going to be reduced to bread. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm not going on that channel. I'm, I'm turning it. Or I'm unplugging it if I don't have the strength. I'm the flea. Say, I'm the flea. Say youthful lust. Yeah, Timothy was like 45. <laughs> Flee youthful lust. <laughs> so he went through that, the opponent, right? And then he, she lied. Jezebel tried to seduce him. Say, hey, man, come on. And he says, no. Say no. no. And then she tries to kill him. Put him in a prison house. So the first time he came out of the pit wasn't very long. He had a dream. He dreamed a dream. He had a coat that his dad gave him of many colors. Uh, an identity and he said I got I'm dreaming a dream. I know where I'm going with God. I dream a dream It's the dream of God tell your neighbor. It's the dream of God because it really is It starts out when you're born again He puts his seed in you, but he puts his dream in you and you dream dreams and, and a lot of those dreams happen kind of rapidly and all of a sudden opportunities are opening and doors you're walking through It's almost like you're on those airport escalators when you're brand new <sighs> Got my luggage. I'm gone another opportunity walking through it and then God says, I'm about to catapult you into that land, that inheritance for your life. The good, say the good will, the acceptable. But you're about to hit the perfect will. And it's going to take a little more time. And I'm going to make sure you know all this stuff is burned out of your life. And Moses, you're going to be on the backside. Probably for you it was 30 years. And you see nothing until one day he came your burning bush and fire once again. Right about the time, Moses, when you thought everything was dead in your life, that you gave it all up for me, you surrendered it all, and all you were doing is picking up sheep poo-poo. But I called you a deliverer. Here's your burning bush. Remember? I called you that the day you met me. You're a deliverer, and you tried to kill people with your own hand. 
But now he said, I had to put you out here for a while, and you don't even care anymore. You're dead to everything. Ambition, promotion, nothing. And then God said, here's your burning bush. Now you got something to do for me. Huh? That's, that's a way of God. I'm talking about your inheritance. I'm talking about that next thing in God. I'm talking about that perfect will of God. See, and listen, I, I know it's over some of your heads. I don't care. I'm going to plant that seed now because one day some of you are true followers, and you're going to come to that place, and you're going to say, like I said, I didn't know what he meant, but I think I'm due. I knew by the hearing of the ear, but now I know for myself. It's going to happen. If you're following, it's going to happen. If, and I said, if you're following. I see, I see you got a message coming on. If you're following. If is the qualification. Amen? Where's, where's my scriptures? Wake up there, Eutychus. <laughs> until his word to his cruel brothers came true. Until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. Say it's a trying word. Before it's an exalting word. So, this kind of faith, Luke 18. This kind of faith that he's saying, I would that men, Luke 18.1. I would that men, men, man faith. Say man faith. I would that men and women of maturity, that kind of faith. That it's for the duty of God. The reasonable service of God. That they pray always. Say always. That means they never stop praying. I'm not talking, don't get crazy weird and, oh, I'm just going to keep praying. I remember guys did that in the 70s. They're, they're praying, they're always praying. They're like, shut up. Will you shut up? Yeah. What are you doing? You're just mumbling. Quit that. Let's talk already. Don't get weird. He didn't say that. He didn't mean be a monk and pray every second. That's not what he meant. He just said, be in prayer in attitude of prayer. I mean, I'm not, you know, he didn't even mean staying in a, in, in a place of a day of prayer. You know what I'm saying? Don't get weird with this. He said men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Because if you pray, you won't lose heart. If you don't pray, guess what? You leak. You leak. Yeah, we leak. I, I'll leak if I don't. People just don't know. If I wouldn't stay with God united and in prayer, I would be a beast. Just a fact. And if I, even if I'm, I'm praying and I feel like I'm, I'm not in that zone sometimes, I'm really a beast still. Because I've been tasted of what's good. I go, God, I, gotta, I live in this new man now, man. I've got to stay in this guy. I love who you made me. Tell your neighbor, I love who he made me. I love how he made me. I love who he made me. I love the skin that I'm in. I love the mantle that he gave me. Huh? Get comfortable in the skin you're in. All long time. Everybody in all creation doesn't know who they are. They try to be somebody else. I watch documentaries all the time. And people are crashing, burning, committing suicide because they don't know who they are. And they create alter egos. These actors. I see an actor. They go, uh, you want me to become him or want me to become her? Because that's not them. And then they go home miserable because they don't know who they are. And everybody says, I wish I, wish I could be just like you. They say, I'm not him. I made him up. Not in God. You get an identity, man. You're comfortable in the skin you're in. And you don't want anybody to mar that image. Say mar it. That image that he put in you. The image of Christ in you. That portion that he delegated to you. Say nothing's changing that image in me. Amen. So here we go. Also, Jesus told them a parable. Say a parable. The word parable is para. Bola. It means he threw alongside an example. Say para. Bola. He used a parable and he threw it alongside of, 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 a, of what God, a God thing and he had an illustrated thing. That's what parables are. They're more than that and I'm sure Jimmy will give you more on that parabola. But he gave him a parable and you know what? I'm going to go backwards sometimes and I always do in my Bible but not today. But I want to know how many parables there are in Luke. 
backwards, 18. I know there was a parable in 17, and there was a parable in 16. And you know what? In 16, it's all about the parable of the unrighteous steward. Say unrighteous. And he threw a parable. He said he para. He threw it alongside for us. And it's telling us, you're going to be a righteous steward or an unrighteous steward. I'm going to throw a parable. This is what a righteous steward does. This is what an unrighteous steward does. But in 18th chapter, he says, I'm going to throw a parable about God the Father. Though he's not this judge, say he's not this judge, I'm going to throw a parable alongside of that. If you stay with me and hear it, you're going to learn something about God the judge. Say the judge. Say God the just judge. And most people break rank and break their links when they, they say God. When, they, when you hear people start saying like this, God, don't you care? God, aren't you just? How long will it be until you rain down fire? <laughs> How long? When you hear yourself doing that, guess what kind of faith you're entering into? Say that bearded faith. You're in that faith as a man or a woman of God. And he throws that parable and he says, to the effect, say to the effect. That they ought to always, to pray, say always. Pray. And not turn coward. Wow. Not turn coward. Not faint, nor lose heart. Never give up. Say never give up. Don't break rank. No matter how hot it gets, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. Do not quit. Stay in agreement with God's word and stay in agreement with those who will agree with you in a covenant. Saying, I'm in agreement with you. Come hell or high water, I'm not quitting. You're not quitting and I'm not quitting. I joined my faith with you. I had a guy call me from another place. I think it was Saturday or whatever. From another, another place. And he said, the truth is I called you because I know how you believe and will you join me? And I go, yeah, you better believe I'll join you. Where's your faith? He says, my faith is right here. I'm in agreement with it. I'm not breaking agreement. I gave you more than a handshake. I gave you more than a prayer. I'm in this with you. That's what we do. Say, that's what we do. Say, we're Christians. Say, we're Christians. We're not pretenders. We have a faith that's true. And we agree with each other in their faith. And our hearts are joined in that faith. Our hearts are married. Where did Beth go? Oh. And she said, marry that decision. Join it. Marriage and covenant with it, right? Say, I'm not quitting. I'm not breaking covenant. More than a handshake. We used to cut their hand and say, my blood, your blood. Let's do this. Huh? And they ought to always pray and not faint, lose heart, or give up. Next verse. And he said in a certain city. Now he's going to, be, he's going to start telling the parable, right? He's going to start giving this illustration. Say, it's not God. It's an illustration of something. Before I go there, I want, to, I want you to go to second. You don't have to go there, Tom, because it might be. Just stay where you're at. Second Timothy. Chapter 3. If I can find it. In verse, I believe it's, let's see. Second Timothy. Say bearded faith. Say last week I was talking about the zeal of faith. Jesus said have the, this God kind of faith. That was a zeal in believing. But this week here we're talking about a growing up faith, a growing faith, a, a faith, a manhood faith, so to speak, a bearded faith. And Paul does the same thing that Jesus does in Second Timothy. He's charging this. He's charging the church. Sometimes they teach these guys and sometimes they illustrate and they give parables, but sometimes they give charges when things are real, real bad. And some Paul's charging this church that it's, it's falling apart. Things are going south. Persecutions are happening. And he's charging Timothy. 
You be God's inoculator. You be that man. You stand in the gap here, Timothy. I'm going to charge you with some things. I've taught you a lot of things, but I'm going to charge you some things. You're going to have this kind of faith. Amen? And so when he goes into this whole thing, if you look at, let's go at one verse. I, I, here I go with a million teachings, but I, one day I'll get sanctified, but here I go anyway. 1 Timothy six twelve, right? Does it say fight the good fight? Yeah. 11. But from these things, uh, young man of God, and pursue righteousness and godliness and have faith and love, perseverance and gentleness. Verse 12. Fight. Say fight. That word means agonize. Say fight. Say I'm agonizing. I'm fighting for what God gave me, for what's mine in him. I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for it for him. The good fight of faith. What does he say? Take hold of what? If you have eternal life, say take hold of eternal life. If you don't, I'm going to have an altar call right now. Take hold of eternal life. Lay hold of it. To which you were called. And you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It wasn't just for a salvation. He said lay hold of it. He said, which I charge you in the presence of God. Say charge. Who gives life to all things. And of Christ who testified of the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandments, say keep, without stain or reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about in the proper time, who is to be blessed, the only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in approachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And then he goes on and instructs. And look at the next chapter. And he says, Paul, an apostle, by the will of God, according to the promise of life. He said, lay hold of eternal life, and lay hold in that is that promise of life. Say, I'm laying hold. And he's starting to, we're talking about a man, a bearded faith. Say, a bearded faith. A duty of faith. A reasonable service. And Paul lays it out. And he goes in three. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience. Tell your neighbor, I got a clear conscience. If you don't get one really quick, tell God, forgive me right now. And the, and the way that my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Say night and day. Say I'm praying. Night and day. We're going to get into that parable in a minute. It's night and day prayers. Longing to see you, that as I recall your tears, that I may be filled with joy. I'm mindful of the, verse 5, sincere faith. Say sincere. Some of you have King James says, unfeigned. What's that mean? A pure faith, right? An undisguised and a sincere faith. Say a real faith. That's what I'm getting out of these times in my life. Amen? What verse was that so I could find it without looking down the whole thing? Five, thank you. Which, you first, dwelt, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and her mother Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you, say I remind you, to rekindle afresh the gift of God. Say, flame it, God. Flame it again in my life. Flame that fresh gift again. Flame that gift that you expose and reveal to me. Flame it again. Which, through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a, say, a spirit of timidity, cowardly. But a spirit of power. Say, power. And love and discipline. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord and of me. Say, I'm not ashamed. And Paul said, I'm in prison. Jo Joseph said, I'm in prison. And listen, when you're in those times, and it's a long time, and you're in those prisons, that, that butler's word is not going to work. That butler's not getting you out of that heat. 
Joseph said, hey, I got, I'm on my last testing, and I'm in this last place with God. And, and the butler, he goes, hey, I prophesied to use my gift in your life. And hey, don't, tell them don't forget me. Tell them don't forget me, butler. And guess what the butler did? So when you're in these things, the Lord is going to open the door for you. The Lord's going to get you out of that season of trial. The Lord's going to open that prison door for you. At that time, I told Anna, there's a set time. It's not the matter of time. See, all natural things, well, it's just a matter of time. This is going to happen. It's just a matter of trip. I really did trip that time. I was, <laughs> that wasn't an act. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And I'm going to go the way of all men, matter of time. No, 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 no. It's a set time in God. Though you be in that for a little while, right? And the baker word's not getting you out of there. Your friend's word's not getting you out of there. It's the word of God, that tried word, that's going to get you out of there. And that door's going to open up. And you've got to know the principle of Joseph. That it says God was with him always. Say, God's with me. In the fire? He's with me in the storm. He's with me always. And God was with Joseph, and God was with me, and God was with Joseph just as much in the pit that he got him out in one day as he was in the palace that he got him in there out of that. And in the, in the final part in the prison, he was with him. God was with him. And he was ruling already in that place because God was with him. And though he only had a few people in that last place, a potter and a, and a, and a, a cupbearer, what is his name? What, what are those guys? A baker. He had only two guys, and he still was faithful to God, whatever he told them. Say, I'm faithful to God. We're going to get back to it because that's the principle of us being stewards. And then one day, that thing opened up, and automatically what was forged in him came out of him, and he began to rule and reign, and he had more authority. No one was higher in what they did than the guy, the king himself. That's God's happenings. Say it's his happenings. So I'm not despising that thing, right? And he goes, let's go on with uh, uh, Timothy. This is the point I want to try to make to you. Say, bearded faith, man-like faith. Men ought to always pray. I'm going to skip this. There's so much in it, and it's good stuff. But the chapter 3 says, in the last days, difficult times will come. Say, they come. We're in difficult times. We are. Right? We are. In, in this, these chapters backwards, they're going to say, Jesus is telling them, just like in the days of Noah, uh, Noah they're still going to be marrying and giving in marriage. They're still going to be partying all night long. They're still going to be doing all that. Just like in the days of Lot, he said, they're still going to be marrying and doing business and buying and selling, just like in those days. But he charges them. Don't be like Lot and don't be like his wife. Quit turning back. Keep going forward. Right? I'm trying to tie this in for you. You'll get something out of it. In the last days, and he goes on, forms of godliness and, and all this stuff. But then he gets into what I wanted to get into. Where is it? Somebody help me. I'm looking for a soldier, farmer, teacher, athlete. Maybe I'm gonna, Oh, here we go right here. It's 2. It's chapter 2. Thank you. Verse, uh, chapter 2. You therefore, son, be strong. Say, be strong. Tell your neighbor, be strong. Say, tell yourself, I am strong. In the Lord. And in the power of his might. In the grace. I'm strong in the grace. Say, I'm strong in the grace. The grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me. In the presence of many witnesses. And trust these to faithful men and that are able to teach others also. Listen to three. Suffer. Say, suffer. Hardships. With me. As a good soldier. Say, the man kind of faith. I'm, I'm to be like a soldier of Christ. Say, I'm a soldier. 
A soldier has a duty. A soldier has a reasonable service. It's not just for him, right? It's for that country or who sent him. Say, I got that kind of faith in Luke chapter 18. I'm to be a soldier. He said, I'm to be like an athlete. Say, an athlete. That does not just run. I'm to be competing according to the rules. And I'm to be like a hard-working farmer, he says in 6, that ought to be to receive the first of their crops. A hard-working farmer. Say, I'm a soldier. This kind of faith, I just do my service. I'm an athlete. I get in shape to do this thing. I'm a hard-working farmer. That means I'm plowing and I'm sweating when it's hot and nothing looks like it's happening. I'm still plowing because I got that kind of faith. See, I got that kind of faith. I plow because he told me to plow. I plant because he told me to plant. I do it when the ground is hard. I do it when it's hot. I do it when it's 105. I do it because he said to. And don't you know in principle that in Kings, Elijah prayed. And we caused the clouds to come by our prayers. But God makes it rain. You got to do that plowing. Say, I'm plowing. I got to keep planting. It's my reasonable service. It's my duty. It's man like faith. So God can be furthered in this thing. Back to Luke 18. You getting anything out of this? I know there's a lot in it. I wish it was in better order, but it's not. It's the way it is. Them, them teachers come right behind me, line upon line, precept upon precept. <laughs> all right. And now he was telling them a parable to show that all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. And saying in a certain city, say it's a parable. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was also a widow. Say a widow. In that city, and I want you to circle in your Bible that she kept coming. Say she kept coming. There's a key right there. I put in my Bible when I was praying this, pray reading this word, I put, there's a key here. I put key. I circled it. Kept coming. Continued coming. Say continued coming. Say man faith continued to stand Continues to keep coming to him saying, give me legal protection. What's your translation say, uh, Jimmy or Arthur? Give me justice against my opponent, right? That's what the King James says. Give me justice against my opponent. Say, I got an opponent. And in this particular testing that you've been in or I've been in, we've got an opponent, right? And he's telling us how to handle this adversary, this opponent, and he says to the lady, give me, give me a legal protection from my opponent. Say opponent. That word opponent has to do with the legal realm, like a judge, like a lawyer, an accuser. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though, I bless you, I do not fear God nor respect man, say yet. Yet, because this widow bothers me. <laughs> See, are you, tell your neighbor, I'm a bothering widow. I'm a bothering widow. I'm going to bother you. I'm going to keep bothering you. I'm going to keep bothering you. I'm not quitting. Jesus said this. He didn't tell me to understand why I was in the situation I was, why I didn't cause it. I know I didn't cause it. Why I'm in it. He didn't say that. He just said, don't faint and keep praying. He does the rest. I didn't ask why. Well, how come God me? I don't care. I don't ask that question. Keep praying. Don't quit. Don't lose heart by praying. Strengthen yourself through praying. Don't lose heart. Don't get into all that crazy theology. Why, is that, why does that happen to me? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because you've got a big tag on you called Christian. 
And the moment you got saved, that man of God told me, you got a bullseye on you. That's what he told me. Day, day one, there was a man of God, a guy with stature. The day you got saved, you got a bullseye on your back. And I said, yeah, I do. I know. We all feel it, right? It's how it works. We got an opponent that hates us and hates God. It's the spirit of Antichrist in this world. It's that creepy, crazy philosophy that Paul said, I'm going to smash and abolish by the power of Christ. I got, I, I got to deal with people that are more loyal to their political party than they are to Christ in their lives. They say who they are. I'm a Republican. I'm not. I'm a Christian. I'm a Democrat. I'm not. I'm a Christian. I'm a, what is that third one that they popped up? I'm a libertarian. I'm not. I'm a Christian. And they'll say to me, well, you know, everybody has their rights and it's the Constitution. No, it's not the Constitution. It's what is written. It's God. That's what Paul said. I'm going to demolish these philosophies. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. No, I'm of Christ. He's in me. And they'll say, well, how can you? They got freedom of speech. Yeah, they do in America. But in his word, he's already judged it. Well, you're judging it. Yeah, I'm judging it because he judged it. So don't be foolish, Greeks. Get rid of that philosophy and your loyalty to humanism. Say humanism. That my thought is better than God's. That's humanism. Amen? Say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the Most High. I am a Christian. Christ-like. Christ-representative. Right? Amen. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Stop all those loyalties to anything but Him. And he said this in verse 5. Yet because the widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, this is what the Lord said. And every time, when you read your Bible, ask God. Say, God, grant me the spirit of this word. Grant me the spirit of the writer. Grant me the spirit of it. I don't want just my heady thought. I want that impartation. Give me the spirit of the writer. Touch my spirit with the spirit of this book. Because this book is spirit and life. You know what's amazing with Christianity? It's the only, well, they, I don't even call it, it's not a religion, but it's the only one that says, I'm the author of this thing, and I'm going to get in you and live in you. Nobody says Muhammad's going to live in me. What did you tell me the other day? Not Asalakam. What did you tell me? It was really funny about that greeting that one of you guys did. Asalakam. How did you say it? I also love the Lakers. So, so whenever you get around a Muslim, <laughs> he's all cool with them. They say that. He says, I also love the Lakers. Also love the Lakers, so if you do the right tone. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, man. You really do love the Lakers? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he, did. he really did. He goes, I really do like them, though. But Jesus is the author. He's the only one who said, I'll, I'll be with you and I'm going to live in you. Muhammad can't get in here in spirit. Confucius can't either. <laughs> <laughs> like Heather laugh. Heather sees things like I do. Cartoons. I think we were raised by televisions. <laughs> Cartoons. You saw a little Chinese man, right, with a goatee. I did too, but I just I stopped. <laughs> I stopped my thought. I'm about to lose altitude. Hold on, we got five minutes. And the Lord said, "Here, say here, here." And when I hear that, it hits you. Here, listen. What the unrighteous judge said. Do you see that? That's the end of the parable. He ends it there. He goes, "Here, learn from this parable." What I'm throwing alongside, what the unrighteous judge said in verse 7, a break. Now, say now. Say now. 
He says, now he says, we're not talking about a story. We're not talking about a parable. We're talking about right now. We're talking about your life. We're talking about the life of God. We're talking about right now. Will not God, your father, say my father, bring about justice? Will he not? Will he not? He said he'll bring about justice. That word is, will not God bring about defense? Will not God bring about vengeance? Will he not bring full punishment, vindication, complete punishment, just avenging? Will he not bring legal protection for you and I? Will he not? I don't know about you, but if you, when you get, it gets a little hotter, these things mean a lot to you. <laughs> for his elect, say I'm his elect, who cry to him day, say day, and night. It's all it means. The word cry means those that, that appear. That real Greek means those that are always appearing before him. Hey, I'm up close and personal. That's the real Greek. Get up close and personal with God. Hey, what about me? <laughs> hey, what about your will? Up close and personal. Say up close and personal. That means that's, that's what it means. That's what the, the real Greek word means. Who cry. Get up close and personal to him day and night. And he will, not, he will delay long over them. It says, uh, and will he delay long over him? Question mark. Say no. Say no. Say my long and his long. We might have a little difficulty, but he's, he wins. His long and my long, that's just how it works. But I tell you that he will. Say I tell you. That's emphatically. Jesus always says that. And I'm telling you something. Hear about this parable. Now, in your now, in your reality, in your experience, I'm telling you. That he will bring about justice. Say justice. Say this with me. Defense. Vengeance. Full punishment. Vindication. Legal protection. For me. For my wife. For my kids. For my life. I like that. Legal protection. For them, quickly. Say quickly. That means speedily. That means right now. It's happening. However, then the son, he goes like this, but then however, you got this. He said, this is God. He's not like a, a, an unjust judge, but I'm telling you a parable. He's our father, and he's going to judge your opponent. Stay with it like a man. Keep praying. Don't quit. Stand with me. It's your reasonable service. Stay there. It's your duty. It's that kind of faith that I'm asking from you. And he says this, so when, say when, the son of man comes, will he find Bearded faith, man-like faith, son and daughter-like faith on this earth. That's all he's asking. He said, God's the judge, but will he find that faith in you and I? He said, will he find that faith in you? And go backwards in 17. Will he find that kind of faith in you? Standing, petitioning, praying, even when it's like in the days of Lot. Will you stay there in your faith? Will it remain? Will you have an, a remaining faith in your situation? Say, I will. I can, I have, I will, I can, because I have. Say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm standing there. And listen, you're going to have your days, and you're going to have your temptations. Don't make a move. Don't make a decision in your derision. Tell your neighbor, I'm not making a decision in my derision. Because this too will pass. You're going to find out. These things blow on you, and they blow right through you. And if you made that decision, that stupid state of mind, at that moment, you lose ground. You cause a lot of collateral damage. 
that wasn't necessary. Amen? Because you're safe. Say, I'm safe. Peter says your faith is guarded by the power of God. Say, it's guarded. It's military protected. It's uh, garrisoned through faith. Our faith is dwelled. Join it, right? Stand to your feet, if you would. Say, you're a bossy joker. Yep, it's military day. Say, hoo ya? Hoo ya? What's that? Ooh, that's the army guys? Army guys are ooh. What's the marine guys? Ooh, ya. The seals are hoo ya. And, and Christians are hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So, Father, we thank you right now for today. We thank you for every season that we're in, and we thank you for that you are our legal protection. And, Lord, I want to thank you for the members of this body of Christ. I want to thank you for the young men. Lord, I want to thank you for the old men. I want to thank you for every man in this house and every woman of God in this house. I want to thank you that everyone is growing exceedingly in their faith. That they're not just fig leaves, they're fruit bearers. They're not pretenders. And Lord, I want to thank you for their faith is more than elementary. That they have the faith of God to overturn some things and not permit some things in their minds and in their lives. And Lord, that their faith is being proven and they're all going to pass. They're all getting a big A. And Lord, to the praise, to the glory, and to the honor. They're getting that. They're getting that in this house. And I thank you for that, Lord, for that next level of faith. Like a widow, we don't quit. We're going to bother some things. We're going to bother some things. We're going to bother some things. Because it must need be that we receive these things. And like we were talking about last night, Father, we thank you always that you hear us. But for them that don't believe, man, let this sign and wonder appear. Let it happen for their sake. Amen. 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 Give them glory. Will you give them praise? Give them thanks. Amen. Give them thanks. Give them praise. And as you give praise and glory to God, Abraham was strengthened. That's a man of faith. It's as he gave praise and glory unto God that he was strengthened in his faith. You give that praise. You get that presence. You get that strength. You give that praise. You get that presence. You get that strength. Because you're a spirit and you've been born again and you're awakened. Now cultivate that spirit with God. You've got a living intuition. You've got God in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in you. That's a reality. As you give him praise, you grow in strength. As you give him glory. Amen? Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you know you're not right with God right now, and you're in the sound of this voice, I want you to lift your hand and say, it's my day. I want to get right with Jesus. I need to get right with God. It's right now. He's been, I've been, I've been, I, maybe I was saved once, but I, I'm, I'm not all the way in that place with Christ. I'm still of Christ, and I, I want to make things right. I want you to raise your hand to heaven. It's time. I see the hand. I see, okay, I see the hands. I want everybody to raise their hands, both hands, and say, Lord Jesus, it's business day for me. I come to you, meaning business. I come to you with words. Set me right. Make me right. Heal my backsliding. Put me in that place where I left off. Not the same as, but better than. I'm better than. So I receive forgiveness. I receive right standing. I receive the beginning of a transformation. Right now. Right now. Come right now. Fill that void. Fill it with life. Quicken me in spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.